0: I think we probably hear one of the hardest teachings of Jesus in the entire gospel today. And I'm sure that you're probably thinking, what I'm talking about is when he says, love your enemies, right? Love those who hate you. Love those who persecute you. I was thinking about that. I was like, I, I find it hard to even love my brother sometimes. You know, how can I love those that hate me? I mean, we're, but I'm not talking about that. I mean, the whole moral code of Matthew chapter 5 is, is really intense. It's really... Uh, a call to heroic virtue, but the line I'm talking about is the last line of the gospel. Be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Good luck, you know. Seriously, but as all things that Jesus says, there is there's a context to it, and He doesn't mean what we think by perfect because. My guess is what, at least what I think when I hear that, is perfectionism. Like, I, it's an all-or-nothing sort of attitude, right? Unrealistic expectations. How, you know, I, I want this degree of, of sanctity, but there's no way I could possibly make it, so I'm not even going to try. That's perfectionism. And perfectionism is so focused on results that if you don't end up perfect, you failed. And anybody who's a perfectionist knows this. I, just to give you a, a couple examples of this, have you ever heard the, uh, or do you remember the, story, the show the, the Biggest Loser? I don't even know if it's still on anymore, but I remember watching that occasionally, not religiously, but occasionally. And you would see like the, there were some people on there that lost like 150 pounds in the whole season, but they didn't win. And they were crying at the end of it as if they had somehow failed. I'm sitting there and I'm like, are you kidding me? You lost an entire human being. 150 pounds is a whole nother human being you lost from your body. That is a huge win. But if everything is about perfectionism, and this is why a lot of people don't even start to try to lose weight. I'm not going to get there. I might lose a little bit, but what, why is it it's not even worth it. Another example I saw this was so vivid, and you can, you can actually watch this. Do you know what Lindsey Vaughn? do you remember her? The Olympic skier, the Alpine downhill skier. She was uh, her father was actually like he was a failed Olympic athlete. He, he had a ton of potential, but then he blew out his knee, and that just kind of ended his career. so as fathers often do their children become an extension of their own ego and so he put all of his olympic desires onto lindsay because he saw the potential in her now in order to make her an olympic athlete he had to move the entire family to vale colorado just so lindsay could train imagine the pressure that was on that poor girl and in 2010 she finally won the gold if you watch, you can just YouTube, 2010 medal ceremony, Lindsey Vaughn. She gets the medal, and then, you know, when the flags go up, and they're playing the national anthem. And she's crying, which is normal. That's a beautiful thing. But she's, like, breathing these profound sighs. Almost as if, and I can't prove this, but based on the whole story of Lindsey Vaughn, it was almost like, thank God it's over. I've finally done what my dad wanted me to do. I'm free of this. But she wasn't free of it. When she was 33 years old, that was her final uh, Winter Olympics, she took third place. And her dad said, I am not impressed at all with Lindsay's performance. Now just as a little side note, dads, if you're here, if you push your kids to be good athletes, good job. But know your limits. Know your limits. And also, if you're not pushing your kids to love God as much as they love football, basketball, whatever, you're failing. You're failing. I don't know if you saw last night. I'm a huge boxing fan. Tyson Fury, the Gypsy King. He's Catholic to the core, which is one of the reasons I love him. But at the end of the match, after he pounded, pounded Wilder. Gosh, was it was fun to watch. I'm just—it's a man thing, I guess. But anyway, he got up and the first thing he grabbed the mic and he's like, "The first thing I want to say is by my love and my praise to my Savior Jesus Christ, who is the one that saves us all." And he just went on. He's like, "Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil because God is at my side." And he just was like, like this profound evangelization moment. After which he sang American Pie. <laughs> It was hilarious. But his first thing was, look, boxing's great, but without God, I'm nothing. So dads, know your limits and push your kids to love Jesus more than they love their sport. Because listen, Jesus is going to do a heck of a lot more for them in their life than sports are. I love sports. I mean, I'm an athlete. I love to play them. I'm going to tell you this. I think I've said this before. The three things that I got in my life from sports... Bad ankles, bad knees, and a big ego. Didn't help me a lot. I've been fighting that ego my entire life. Anyway, I digress. Back to Jesus' and perfectionism. What he means... He doesn't mean to be a perfectionist when he says, Be perfect as my Heavenly Father perfect. He says, what he's talking about is conforming your life to his. Perfection in the eyes of God is not about winning something... Or accomplishing something it's about a transformation now you have to bear with me okay there's two Greek words that Jesus uses actually it's one the word he uses for perfect being perfect is teleos which is a derivative of telos telos is the purpose that a thing has okay so let me use an example a hammer what is the purpose of a hammer to pound nails, okay? So the teleos of a hammer is pounding nails. The telos of a hammer is that it actually pounds nails, okay? I'll give you another example. A body, right? The teleos man is a fully grown man. I am a teleos man. I am a perfect man. I hate to say it, you're looking at perfectionism right here. But my, so so. But I have reached my telos, if you will. I am doing what my my body is meant to do. I can't get any more man than I am. So when Jesus says, "Be perfect as my heavenly Father is perfect," he's saying God is benevolent to everyone. Therefore, just be the same. Be like Him, and if you're like Him. That's perfection in the eyes of God. And it's within you. It's within all of us. We can love as God loves. Even John tells us in his gospel. He says, we know that we love God if we keep his commandments. So the first thing, keep his commandments and you will be like God. All of them, not just the ones you like. But if we love like God loves, the only way that happens is if we spend time with him. There's this uh, psychological principle. It's called shadowing. Shadowing is if you spend enough time around a person, you begin to pick up their mannerisms and their, the way they talk. My brother and I, I shadowed him all the time. You know, so He would throw a rock, I'd throw a rock. He'd break something, I'd break something. He'd spit, I'd spit. He'd cuss, I'd cuss. Because I was shadowing him. I was around him so much I was being like him. We can shadow God. All you have to do is spend time with Him. I have been harping on this since I got here, and I will say this until I am dead. We cannot be good Christians without spending time with Him. We have to pray. And not just once a week, every day. You can't expect that love to get in you without spending time with that love. How do relationships form? Through time. How do you grow to love someone? By spending time with them. How do relationships fall apart when you stop spending time together? I've found this over and over and over in marriage counseling that I do. Why do marriages fall apart? They stop spending time together. They throw all their resources into their children and forget about each other. And so by the time they're married 25 years, all the kids are out of the house, they look at each other and they're like, who are you? I don't even know who you are anymore. You cannot forsake the relationship of your marriage, and you cannot forsake the relationship of your faith. You get that love inside of you, and you'll start experiencing the perfection of the Christian life. And when you start experiencing that, everything else is going to change. Father Pedro Rupe wrote this prayer. Maybe I've told you to you before, but it's one of my favorite prayers ever. He said this, Nothing is more practical than finding God, than falling in love with him in a quite absolute and final way. What you are in love with, what seizes your imagination will affect everything. It will decide what gets you out of bed in the morning, what you do with your evenings, how you spend your weekends, what you read, who you know, what breaks your heart. And what amazes you with joy and gratitude. Fall in love, remain in love, and it will decide everything. It's, that's the way it is in the faith. That's the way it is in our human relationships. Perfection in the eyes of God is to let this love penetrate every aspect of who you are. And when it does that, and when you remain in that, and you spend time with that, It will decide everything else. And then you will have reached your teleos. You will be perfect as your father is perfect.